this today when we were worshiping. It's like in my spirit when I'm up there worshiping God, I'm like, I'm getting fired up. I'm ready to go. And my wife turns around and looks at me and she's like, let's slow it down. <laughs> you know, I'm like, let's keep going on. You know, she's like, let's slow it down. But that's just how God is, you know, and it's like, you know, how powerful it is when we do, when we do just slow it down. And, and it's in either way, but it's just amazing how God brings like people together like that. But, you know, the one thing in that song, when it says in verse 2, God, and it just strikes me, you know, reading it again, God didn't want heaven without us. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. God doesn't want heaven without us. Think about that. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? I mean, isn't that powerful? Those are Powerful verses. And you think about it, that's the love of the Father that he has for us. The love of the Father that he has for us. That he brought heaven down to us. He brought his son down to us. To wipe away all of our sins. Because he didn't want heaven without us. He wants all of us to be in heaven with him. Every one of us. His will is not one to perish, but to all. Come to him. Come to the knowledge of the Son of God and to a mature person. If you want the scriptures. But that's what he wants. Amen. So without that, my wife is going to do, without hesitating, my wife is going to come up and do communion. Amen. And I'll pass out the elements. Thank you, Jesus. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. <coughs> Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> um, could you look up the song, Come to the Table, by Sidewalk Prophets? And I just feel like uh, I, I kind of had a vision this morning of um, just while we have communion, like Chris, if you can, after you pass out the elements, if you could just go and anoint people for healing and deliverance and um, just have that time be like, if you're, if you're willing, if you would be willing to do that and if you'd like to have that blessing of just an anointing this morning as we partake of this wonderful, wonderful mystery of the Lord, his body and his blood. And um, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know if I told this story. Did I tell the story about Jackson before? You can't hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Press your button. <laughs> I'll, talk in, I'll talk louder. <laughs> okay, is that better? Okay, I got to remember that. <laughs> um, did I tell? Did I tell the story? I think I've been waiting for um, Jackson to be here and see if he would share with us what he said one day in junior church when we were having kids church, and I asked him 
we were talking about communion. I said, do you know what communion is, Jack? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, what is it? And he said, it's when we eat Jesus' skin <laughs> and drink his blood, and we are blessed. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. I thought it was so great. And, you know, that's what Jesus said. He said, this is my body. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Hallelujah, Lord. We just, we just pray for that revelation this morning, oh God, by your Holy Spirit. That revelation of life and death. The revelation of life through Jesus, through the body and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift it before you, oh God, this morning. We lift it before you and we thank you for the sacrifice that you willingly gave. We thank you for the mystery of Holy Communion, of the time that you sat with your brothers and you ministered to them and you said, listen, listen, something's coming, but you can, you can take this, do this, in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of my time with you. Do this in remembrance of who I am. My body, my blood. Lord, when we think of it and we think of how you said that you have to drink my blood and you have to eat my body and you knew, you knew that you were going to the cross. You knew you were going to the cross. And I'm sure that every disciple looked at it like, what just happened? What just happened? But Lord, that is the mystery. You gave your life for us. You gave your life so that we could live, so we could have life, and life more abundantly. And when we partake of your body and your blood God we receive that blessing of your sacrifice and never again never again did a sacrifice need to be made never again because you were the perfect sacrifice for us forever for eternity and Lord we just pray oh God this morning as we partake as we partake, as you partook with your disciples, and you knew that it was the beginning of Christianity, you knew that it was the beginning of being a follower of Christ, as being a called out one. You knew what was going to happen, and you know what's happening now. And Lord, you said, do this in remembrance of me. And by faith in you, by faith in your sacrifice, we partake together of the body and blood of Jesus. 
we lift up the body together in this small body in unity flowing as one river amen one river and we break it and we partake You are healer, Jesus. You are the healer. Your body was broken for our healing today. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord, as we partake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heal bodies right now, Jesus. Heal bodies from the top of their heads to the tip of their toes to the soles of their feet. Heal bodies in the name of Jesus and by the power of Jesus. And we rebuke every enemy that would try to bring sickness and disease on your people, O oh Lord. We look to the cross. We look to the cross. We look to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And now we take the blood, we lift it before you, Lord. We lift it. This, your blood, your sacrifice for us. You shed it willingly that we could have life. We could have redemption. We could be redeemed. We could be forgiven and cleansed in Jesus' name. And we just take this blood and we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you for what you've done. And we partake together. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Just praise him. Just worship him this morning in your seats, Lord. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up. We thank you for the blood. It's complete. It's 100%. It's all we need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be worshipped, O oh Lord. Do the work that needs to be done, Lord, in your people this morning. As we come to your table, Lord, as we come to your table, as we come freely to your table, Lord, do the work in us, in our hearts, in our bodies, in our spirit, man. And we praise you and we thank you. And we give you glory. And everybody again said, Amen. So let's just listen to the rest of this song together. It's about coming to the table of the Lord just as you are. So turn it up, Joe. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Phil, I'm going to need you to come up here. You can be my usher today. Okay. Amen. Amen. Phil worked hard yesterday. He did a good job, helped us put the church back together up there on the entrance so we can walk through the front doors again. 
and we've been, he's been working hard on keeping our vehicles clean so and keeping the church clean. So did a good job. So Father and Joe's been working hard with Spectrum, getting all the technical stuff hooked up, getting our church app going, getting the Wi-Fi set up. Now, if you are... If you're a Spectrum customer, you can get on our Wi-Fi. Right now, it should pop right up. If you're not, then you get 30 minutes a month. Ooh, so they really want you to be a Spectrum customer. <laughs> but he's got all that stuff set up, the guest Wi-Fi's in there and everything. So praise the Lord. Things are moving ahead. God is moving ahead. Amen. And Father, we just thank you and we just praise you for each person here today. I thank you, Lord God, for the, all the helpers that you've sent to us. I pray that you would continue to send us more helpers to build this ministry, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We need helpers, Lord God. And I pray that you would send them in, in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord God, that you would increase in us, increase the work of our hands, that you would prosper us. That, Lord God, that we can come giving cheerfully, Lord God, to you and to, into your kingdom. And I pray this, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for all those tithes and offerings that you're bringing in into this place. Lord God, you know they're being used for good things. Lord God, and great things, Lord God. We're looking for great things, Lord God. And I just pray, Father God, that you would just bless them. That you would prosper us. Prosper our finances, prosper the works of our hands, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Ephraim, how old are you now? 13 years old. Wow, Ephraim, you are getting old. <laughs> At 13. And he's in church with us. Amen. We're blessed. Graduated kids' church. Now he's a he's a kids' church graduate. Amen. Becoming a young adult. <laughs> Got a little ways to go there yet, though. So, amen. All right. Today's title of this sermon is called Warning. Warning to pay attention. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Oh, and I don't want to lose that spot either. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. We must pay attention. We must pay more careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? The salvation which was first announced by the Lord was, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it 
by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the reading of your word. We pray that you would bless this service, that you would bless this time of fellowship, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would use us, that you would use me mightily for your kingdom, and that you would speak through me. And I give you all the praise and honor and glory for this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We must pay more attention carefully. To the message we have heard so that we do not drift away. I think many people are drifting away in these day in this day and age. I want us here in this church to hold on to Jesus Christ with all that we have and the salvation that God has given us through his son, Jesus. Amen. I don't want one of us to perish. I don't want one of us to drift away. And I see it happening. I don't want one to fall away or drift away as Paul wrote in the in to Hebrews. So we have to pay attention to our spiritual walk with Christ. You know, I'll tell you a story. I was sharing this a little bit this morning. But I'll tell you a story. Every time I go to Tioga Gardens and I see Ed there. Not this Ed. <laughs> not, our, not our Ed, but Ed. Tioga Gardens Ed, I'll call him. He always asks me every time I go there. He goes, hey, brother, how's your spiritual walk with Christ? Every time without fail. So now, and it's so funny now. Because I go there quite a bit for getting some plants for our business and stuff and things that we need to fill in for fillers. So now every time I go there, every time I pull in, before I even pull in, I start to think to myself, am I going to see Ed? And I look, actually look forward to seeing Ed there every time I go because I know he's a brother in the Lord. And every time when I do see him, I try to beat him to the punch. I, was, I tried to catch him. I was like, hey, Ed, hi, brother. How's your spiritual walk with God? And he goes, I was just going to say the same thing to you. <laughs> but you know what? That just re reminds me of how we have to be a body of Christ and how little things like that keep us on track. How little things like that, like my wife said, we need to slow down. Well, you know, I'm a... You know, Phil worked with me yesterday, and he knows it. Go, 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 90, 90% of the time. Well, 100% of the time, actually. 90 miles an hour, exactly. That's what my wife is saying. 90 miles an hour. I'm go, go, go. Let's get it done. Let's get this thing done. Is what I, what I think. I don't have all time to do. I don't have all day to do this, so let's get this thing done. My wife, on the other hand, is like, slow down, slow down, slow down. You know, and it's good. There's good things and there's bad things. But like I look at my spiritual walk a lot of times and I say, you know what? I got to slow down, slow down, slow down. Sometimes we got to slow down. We got to assess our spiritual lives, our spiritual walk with Christ. Because it doesn't matter 
if you're going 90 miles an hour and you're trying to get all these things done and you're doing all this and you're doing all that, I can, you can easily shut God out because you're so busy with all this doing. It's the times that we slow down and we listen. Because I know the enemy doesn't want us going 90 miles an hour all or I, don't, I know God doesn't want us going 90 miles an hour all the time. The enemy does because, you know, he wants you to go 90 miles an hour so you can wear yourself out. It's the devil. And, you, and God doesn't want that for you. God, you know, when I accepted Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I accepted it for the long haul. You know, right? I'm not going to give up on Christ. And I don't want the devil to, to rob me or, or make me fall short of that. You know, our Christian walk is a walk, it's a long, it's the long haul. It's the long road. It's forever, exactly. My wife said eternity. It's forever. And it's not easy. You know, it's not an easy road to take. The easy road is the world's way. But when you're on a walk with Christ, you know, there's things that you go through in your life that you have to look at and you have to assess and you have to give over to God and these things and things in your heart that you got to give to God. And a lot of times you don't want to give them up. You don't want to stop. But God, I think, is saying we need to we need to hold on. We need to slow down. We need to hold on to everything we got to him right now in these day and age. We need to assess our spiritual lives. Where is my spiritual walk? Because it doesn't matter how much I can get done in a day. If I leave God out of it. Right? It doesn't matter. I have to look at it like, well, how is my spiritual walk? You know, how did I do in a, in, in a scale of 1 to 10, you know? And I want you to think about this yourselves. And I want you to think about how is your spiritual walk with God on a scale from 1 to 10? You don't have to tell me. I don't need to know. It's for your own self-evaluation. We need to evaluate ourselves. And we need to say, God, where am I on a scale of 1 to 10? And we got to be honest with ourselves, because if we're not honest with ourselves, right? It doesn't do us any good. <clears throat> My goal as a pastor is get you on a scale where you're up there, 8, 9, or 10, you know? Because I think of it, when I think about when he says in the church of Laodicea, I wish you were either hot or cold because you're lukewarm. I don't want you to be a five. I think of a, I think of a four, five, or six as being lukewarm, you know. I think of a one, two, three as being cold. I don't want you to be lukewarm either. I don't want you to be, you know, I, I want you to be either hot or cold. Is what Jesus, is what God said. 
And my goal is for us all to be hot and on fire for the Lord. Our spiritual walks ignited and on fire for God, excited. And we come into church, we're looking forward to what God's going to do in church. Amen. Expecting great things. And I want us all to do great things. Let's see what I wrote down here. I want you to rate yourself not on what you do, because a lot of us, and myself included, think that, oh, I've done this or I've done that. But we can be so busy doing good works and good things that we shut the door on what God is saying or what God is doing. You know, and it's not by our works that we earn salvation. We can't earn salvation. So we've got to remember that. It's not by our works. It's not what I do every day. It's my relationship with God that's the most important thing every day. I'm talking about your personal walk with Christ. I'm talking about your garden times with God. See, that could be a title of a sermon right there. Garden times with God. Huh? Garden times with God. Because God is always speaking to us. And he started speaking to us in the garden, didn't he? In the cool of the day, in the cool of the night. God would come down and he would walk with Adam and Eve and he would just talk with them. See, God is always talking. And we're the ones that aren't listening. And I'm going to tell you, the devil is real. He is out there. And he doesn't want you to listen. To what God is saying. Because he sends all these distractions. He sends the busyness at times. When God is saying slow down, the devil is saying speed up. You know? Go faster, go harder. So you find yourself face down in a wheelbarrow. You know? And you don't want to be there. You know? My wife is laughing because I've said that to her. I said, I'm probably going to die in a wheel, put you in a wheelbarrow. But that's not going to happen either, and I'm not going to curse myself, so I break that in Jesus' name. Got to be careful of what we speak, right? And what we think and what we say. So I believe and I'm going to die with all my strength like Caleb and Joshua. Amen. I'll be pushing wheelbarrows till I'm 120. Amen. Full barrels. No half barrels. Full barrels. <laughs> but we have to have an ignited personal walk with Jesus Christ. My wife tells me this all the time. She goes, you got you to take time. You're so busy. You got to take time to get along with God. You got to take time to get along with God. And we do got to take time to get along with God. Because the devil's out there. He's real. And you know, you're a Christian. You got this big target on us. You know, he's not going to go after the heathen. He's already got them. He's going to go after the Christians. He's going to go after the children of God. He wants to pull them in and pull them away. He wants you to drift away. That we, you know, what does it say in Hebrews that Paul was telling him? Be careful that you don't drift away. He wants you to drift away. And I think in this day and age, and the Bible says it clearly, what makes us drift away? All these scoffers. Scoffers make us drift away. And we'll get there.
The enemy of the devil doesn't want you to have any time alone with God. The enemy, your enemy, the devil, doesn't want you to get alone with God. Do you know why? Because he is really afraid of you. He is really, really afraid of you. Because of who you are and because of who is inside of you. He's afraid of you. He's really, really afraid of you. And if you knew who you really were in Christ Jesus, you see, if we really know who we really are in Christ Jesus and what the things that we can do, you know, we talked about this in prayer meeting on Wednesday. You know, we talked about the greater works. What did Jesus say to us? In John 14, 12, Jesus tells us, truly, truly. Well, when God says truly, truly, then it must be true, right? When he says it twice, truly, 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 I mean, we need to take that serious. That it's a truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And we talked about this on prayer meeting on Wednesday. We talked about, wow, you know what? The greater works really haven't happened yet. Have they? Think about it. I want you to think. The greater works, have they really happened yet? Because there were some great men of God that came. But every one of those great men of God that came that I know of, you know, I wrote them down here, some of them. Smith Wigglesworth, Lester Sumrall, Oral Roberts, John G. Lake, and many, many others that we can go on and on. What greater work did they, have they done that Jesus didn't already do? I mean, I know Lester Summerall, I know Smith Wigglesworth, they raised people from the dead. Oral Roberts and John G. Lake had great healing ministries. I know they did deliverance and set people free. But they didn't do anything greater than what Jesus already did, right? Jesus did all those miracles. And it got me to thinking that, you know what? We're living in these end days. And I believe what is coming upon the church in these end days, that we're going to see greater works than what Jesus has done. That those greater works are coming. Those greater works are coming. Why? It's because all of a sudden people are going to start realizing who they are in Jesus Christ and the authority they have. They're going to start, those who believe in him are really going to believe in him. It's not going to be any doubt. It's going to be like, Father, forgive me for my unbelief. Help me believe. You know, when the man was up there begging for his son to be healed and they couldn't do it, but Jesus came up and, he, and, and the father said, forgive me for my unbelief. Help me to believe. We need to believe and we're going to have such a belief in Jesus because it's going to be such a demand on us. 
We're going to be like, we're going to have to hold on to the gospel of Christ and the gospel of salvation with all we have. Because in the end times, it said persecution is going to come to the church. Father and son will turn against each other. Neighbors, relatives. It's going to be bad. Not going to be pretty. So, so we're, going to have to, we're going to have to believe in something. And that something is the greatest belief there can be. And that is the belief that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for us. That our sins were great, but his love was greater. What can separate us now? Nor death. Right? To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And we're going to have such a belief in that, and we're going to have such a faith in that, that it doesn't matter what goes on. And that we're going to see miracle signs and wonders that the body of Christ has never seen before. Like me killing this spider. I hate spiders. They're an offshoot of Belzeba, which is flies. Kill them all. <laughs> In the military, they, they trained me. They said, kill them all, let God sort them out. I believe that with insects with all my heart. <laughs> Especially spiders and flies. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But we are going to believe and have a greater belief. We're going to hold on to Christ. I believe the body of Christ will be built up so strong that they're going to perform these greater works. Because you know what? What does the devil do? He comes out and the beasts come out of the ocean and they perform all these signs, miracles, and wonders. The second beast comes out and even brings fire down from heaven to the earth and people are going to be deceived about it. They're going to fall and worship the beast. You can read that in the book of Revelation. <clears throat> All he is is a copycat. He's a copycat. And we're going to be able to do greater things than these. Just like the two witnesses. Just like Elijah when he called down the fire and it consumed the offering, and it consumed not just the offering, but all the 500 prophets of Baal. That's going to be a glorious day when the, when the false prophets up there and the Antichrist. I can't wait. Oh, do your miracles, and you can stand up there like Elijah and say, you know what, in Jesus' name, <laughs> the power of Jesus' name, and then consume all their false gods, just like Elijah's day. That'll be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be a that'd be a greater day, great day. Or instead of like, okay, enemy, I'm routing you, enemy. I'm chasing you down, and I'm routing you, and I'm going to stop the sun in its place so the day can be longer, so I can just keep driving you into the ground. That'll be a greater day. The greater is coming in these last days for those who hold fast to Christ Jesus, who don't waver to and fro by every wind of doctrine, who don't get caught up with these scoffers, 
They're out there. The scoffers are out there right now. They've been out there. The spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well, and he's been out there. He's been out there scoffing. What do you think the scoffers are? It's the spirit of the Antichrist rising up in these last days to deceive many people and to, and to drift them away, to pull them away from Christ. That's why we need to pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Be wise. Be a wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. In 2 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to close with 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you of wholesome thinking. No more stinking thinking. Stimulate you with wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, <clears throat> you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. Listen, listen to what Peter's saying. He wrote this 2,000 years ago. We're hearing this. Oh, we've been hearing this for a long time. These scoffers will say, where is this coming? That he promised. Every since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Think about that. How many people have said that? Where is Jesus' coming? I've been hearing that for a long time and I haven't seen him. They've been saying this forever. Oh, Jesus is coming morning, noon, or night. But he never showed up yesterday. He hasn't showed up yet today. So I'm just going to keep on living like I've been living. Where is he? Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's words, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of the water. And by water, by these waters... Also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire. Being kept for those days, a judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient. 
with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. Repentance. My sin was great, his love was greater. That's why, Jesus, you brought heaven down. God's love is so great. That his, he is waiting patiently. For everyone to come into repentance. Your repentance means turning away from your sin. And turning toward God. Turning away from sin. And turning toward God. God's will is not one to perish, but all of us to come to Him. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Think about it. What kind of people ought you to be? We should be on fire for God. Expecting great things. Living a holy life. And it says that you ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of the God. Of, to the day of God. And the speed it's coming. The day will bring about the destruction of the heavens. By fire. And the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. That means every time an unwholesome thought gets into your mind, you got to take that thing captive. That means every time you want to swear, you got to say, I rebuke you, Satan. That means every time that you don't feel like doing the right thing, you got to stop those thoughts. You got to stop it in its tracks. Every time. Don't let anything get in your heart, don't let anything harden your heart. Don't be hesitant to ask for forgiveness. Don't be, be quick to forgive. Be patient with one another. Because every one of us are on different planes with God. Be loving, be kind, be generous. Be patient. Be gentle. Have self-control. These are the things we need to practice. Every day. And when we don't feel like it, we got to say, God, help me. Because I'm going to tell you, there's days that things go wrong in your day. And I'm trust me, there's some thoughts that come in your mind that aren't wholesome. And you want to say something. And you got to be reserved. You got to be patient. You got to say, Lord, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Get that out of there. That's the devil trying to creep in there and slither in there like a snake. Help me to forgive. Forgive my unforgiveness. You know, we watched a great show 
the other night. Julie and I did. And this guy, he was the Burma Rangers. And these Burma Rangers, what they did is in Burma, there's been one of the longest civil wars going on in history. The military, the government is just killing off the people of Burma. And these Burma Rangers, this is an American guy whose father was a missionary, and he served as a, as a ranger in the military for 10 years because he was a soldier. He goes, you know, I wasn't really a missionary. I wasn't called to be a missionary. I was called to be a soldier is what he told his dad. Well, his dad called him. One time they hiked up on Mount Rainier, and his dad called me because they need soldiers. They need help in Burma. And his dad was a mom were missionaries. They go, they need help in Burma. And I was thinking about you being a soldier. And they need your help. So he told his dad, yes, I'll go to Burma. So what he did over there in Burma, they went in. He trained the Burmese people. To they go, they go when they hear the firefight, they don't run from the from the gunfire or the bombs or the explosions. They go toward them. They go toward them and they go in and they help these people, the Burmese people. They pull them out. They give them medical treatment. They help them. They feed them. He basically says, "Here I am, God. Everything I have is yours." And they've been doing it for 24 years. And they did such a great job on raising people up in Burma that they got thousands of people and different kind of troops everywhere to go out and do this, to help the Burmese people. And they went over into Iraq. And they were doing it in Iraq. And the guy's been shot. And when we watched the video in Iraq, it was just impressive. But the one thing that just so touched me about him that when I was watching this movie was the one time in, in the Burmese he had these uh, some of the Burmese rangers there was two 20 year old girls that they came in and the Burmese army raped them, killed them brutally killed them brutally killed them and then they were, they were missionaries and you know, I, and he says, and when he, when he saw the pictures of it, you know, of the girls, he was real. He's like, I want to I go out and kill every one of those Burmese soldiers. I want Lord, I want to go out and kill every one of those Burmese soldiers for what they've done to those girls that he, they, he was even training and working with. But he got back to his, he got back to his bed and he said he sat down and he opened up the Bible and he just opened it up and he put his finger on a scripture and he read it and he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So he had to go back and he had to pray and ask forgiveness. See, he was quick to forgive. We got to be like that. We have to be quick to forgive. Even in situations like that, where they were extreme. The same thing happened to them over in Afghanistan. They just went in and helped and deliberated this family from the ISIS. And they were all happy. They were all excited. They got everything on video. They were all excited. They are happy. And he said, 
these, these Afghan or these Iraqi uh, children came around and they were grabbing on his leg and they were like praising him because he's like an American and they're pulling on his pant legs and they're like, America, America, America. And their family were all happy, excited. So they were, they were pulling them out of their houses which were all shot up and blown up and they're like rubble, rescuing him from these places. So the family gets in there. All they had was a tractor and a, and a wagon. They get out of their tractor and wagon, and not even 300 yards down the road, after they got liberated, the tractor ran over an IED, blew up the tractor, almost, he said, he goes, I couldn't believe it. He goes, everything happened so fast. The little girl was killed who was just pulling on his pant legs five minutes ago. And he said, I just wanted to go out and kill every one of those ISIS. And he's like, God, is this wrong for me to feel this way? This have this, to have this, is this justice? You know, I want to bring justice here now. Your justice. And he's like, I just want to grab my M16 and start killing ISIS. People, and again, God spoke to him. He said, no. You know, but... These are real things that happen and real thoughts that happen and go through our mind that we have to say, Lord, even though the, you know, the, everything's going, it seemed like everything went wrong, was so great at one moment, such a high at one moment, then such a low at another moment. All those lows we got to take to God and say, why? Forgive me and forgive me for feeling this way because I'm not the judge. And that's what he said. He goes, I'm not the judge, God. You're the judge. My job is to love him. Deliver them and help them and, and to give them everything I can. To love my enemies. And he said it's not easy. And it's not easy. Being a Christian isn't easy. When you have to love your enemies. Who persecute you. It's not easy. But we have to be quick to forgive, quick to repent. Because we can't let anything harbor in. And he said it. He goes, if I were to go and act on my emotions, then, then I would be wrong. We have to be careful how we react and act. We have to be quick to repent. Because we don't want to be caught off guard when that day of the Lord comes like a thief. Because that's how it's going to happen. It's going to happen so fast, unexpectedly. Just like it was in the days of Noah. The Lord is going to return. They weren't expecting it. But we have all these signs and everything going on. We know the day is near. The day, will, the day will bring about the destruction of the heavens and by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So there, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you, with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. 
which ignorant and unstable people distort. Think about that. Think about how people are distorting the word. How they distort the word. Those scoffers distort it. They distort as they do the other scriptures so they're to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago. So we need to be on our guard so that you may not be carried away by error. We have to be careful that we're not carried away by error. By error, because... There are people out there that are distorting the word right now. They're trying to twist the word. They're trying to make the word more compatible to everybody. We have to be careful that they can't do that. And that we don't get pulled away by error. They're of lawless men and fall from our secure position. But we need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory forever. Amen? Amen. So we have to be on guard. All the time on guard. Because I'm going to tell you what, our enemy, the devil, is not going to quit. He's not going to quit until God binds him up and casts him into the abyss. He's out there like a roaring lion looking for those he can devour and destroy, to kill, to steal. That's what he does. He's a thief. He comes to steal. Comes to kill you and destroy you. And Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. We need to hold on to that life. Just as Peter was saying, if we know all these things are happening and going on, then shouldn't we be living blamelessly? Thank you, Lord. So hold on. Hold on to God with all you have. Look forward to the day that he comes. Look forward to the day that he comes. Be ready. Don't be caught off guard. Don't get pulled away. Don't drift away. Don't waver to and fro. Don't let the enemy get you thinking on some stinking thinking things. When you feel that way coming in, then rebuke them in Jesus' name and shut the door on them. Amen? And turn to God. Run to God. Hold on to God. Hold on to Jesus. Even if you get a little bit of his garment, you'll be healed, set free, and delivered. Amen? Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for this day, and I pray for this service. Pray, Lord God, for your word. Anything that I have said that's of me and of the flesh, I pray that it would fall away. But anything, Lord God, that's of you, Lord God, the truth, that, Lord, you would turn and set your people free, Lord God, and that you would heal their lands, Lord Jesus, and it would absorb into their hearts. Lord God, and it would permeate through their lives. Lord God, help us to help us to bring the light to the, into the darkness 
Help us to save people, Lord God. Help us, Lord Jesus, Lord God, as we, as we cling to you with all that we have. Let us not turn away. Let us not fall away. But let us strive and hold on. Help us to run with horses, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need to train ourselves to run with the horses, Lord God. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.